You're listening to the After The Show Movie Podcast from ascully.com. Your weekly look at movies, video games, and more brought to you by your hosts, Ace Scully and Sid Talk. We're addicted to movies. Are you? Good afternoon, viewers. Why do I always say good afternoon, Sid Talk? And why are you calling them viewers? Are you? Do you have a hidden camera? I don't have a hidden camera. <laughs> I don't have viewers, and it's not afternoon, probably, where you are. Correct. What the hell is going on? I've been it? trying to tell you this for years. What you're saying to people will not apply to when <laughs> and whenever they're listening. But hey. All right. Good evening, listeners. <laughs> good morning, listeners. Whatever. Any time of day in the whole of the future of human existence, you might be listening to this. Happy brunch, listeners. Yeah, I don't know why I there said There might not be brunch in a thousand years when someone might be listening to this. This is not the before the after the show discussion. Do you feel like brunch will become an outdated concept? Is it not already? <laughs> <laughs> I think it is. They're really going, that's like chasing a squirrel there because we were not talking about brunch or the future. Before yeah, the after the show discussion was pretty much nothing. That's why I decided to talk about brunch. <laughs> Let's get on to it. Let's do a show, said Talk. Let's do it. All right. It's Saturday, August the 13th. This is after the show. 749. We're a movie review podcast. Every week we look at a new movie. This week we're looking at the 2022 movie Lightyear. It's a September the 13th Blu-ray release. We watched the streaming version this weekend. It's rated PG from our friends at Disney and Pixar. Sid Talk, give us a synopsis of Lightyear. It is the movie that Andy had watched in Toy Story, from which the merchandise of Buzz Lightyear came from. So it's a movie about, it's not an origin story, really, of Buzz Lightyear. It's just his adventure in space. Like, the real deal, not the toy. I'll give you the one off the box. While spending years attempting to return home, Maroon Space Ranger Buzz Lightyear encounters an army of ruthless robots commanded by Zerg who are attempting to steal his fuel source. It's very specific. It's very specific. <laughs> That's like really, really specific. That's just basically some plot points. My question together. is, is there going to be a Pixar movie of Buzz Lightyear? Okay, so this movie is the movie from a movie, right? So that means that's just a movie. That means the guy playing Buzz Lightyear in the movie we just watched. Yes. In their Pixar world is just a guy, like an actor. Yes. Will there be a movie about making the movie that turns into a space adventure? See what I'm saying? Inception. There's endless, endless possibilities. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. If you think about it, like you're like, well, this is the movie that the kid from Toy Story watched mm-hmm. that got him to ask his mom and dad to buy him a light Buzz Lightyear toy. Correct. And then his Buzz Lightyear toy came to life. So it's just a movie. Right. See what I'm saying? But the real Buzz Lightyear came to life in I Andy's room. I think the real question is, were the toys really alive in Toy Story? I feel like, no, they were not. But then that would be... Blasphemy. Blasphemy, and lots of children would cry. So yes, they were. <laughs> they were all alive. Did you like this movie better than the one we watched last week? The one we watched last week was Prey. I loved that one. Did you? Yeah. Oh, right. I told you I loved it, and you, you said did. you didn't really like it. <laughs> but did you like this one better? No. 
Okay, then the real question is, did I like this one better? Yes. Yes, I did. (laughs) Which is weird, because you you like this better than a Predator movie? I mean, you know, overall. Uh, This is a... I was more entertained. Let me tell you what Sid Talk said when we went to the movie room. And on the projector, I had the title screen of this movie up. And she looked at it and said, listen to this sacrilegeness. She said, Lightyear? Why are we reviewing that? (laughs) And I said, because it looks good. And I got a copy to review. And she said, oh, (laughs) like really disappointed. (laughs) And then I got over it pretty quick. And what did you say? You'd read something Only headline. No, no, no. Only hadn't read things much. Just headlines that people were not happy that the original Buzz Light voice wasn't, or Buzz, yeah, Buzz Lightyear voice wasn't the same. That's it. That's all I said. Right. So they were saying it wasn't Tim Allen. So right. Hence it's bad. Well, not bad. Just, you know, yeah. if you're going to do it, do it. What then, like you said, before I started, you go, you're going to get over that real quick. And then I did, so. Yeah, because I'd read the press release, which opened with the lines, this being the movie. Right. Yeah. So I knew that part. So I was th- I was thinking, they've got to explain that at the beginning of the movie. And what did they do at the beginning? They put a little black. Instantly, yes. Instant thing to say, hey. Not that it should matter. I was just being stupid, so. Yeah, exactly. Stupid. <laughs> <laughs> so, Sidso, what did you think of Lightyear? I loved it. It was really fun. The end? The end. What did you think? Well, I'll say that we've seen all the Toy Story movies, right? We've seen most of the Pixar movies. Probably not everything, but most of it. I love the Toy Story movies. I think they're really charming. I think they got better along the way. The third one's the highlight for me. I don't like the first one the best. I like the third one. It's really sad, the third one. Do you remember? Yeah, we're not talking about Toy Story. Well, this is a Toy Story movie. It isn't. It is. This is the movie that Andy had toy from. We know that. That's but it. it is still in the franchise not, of Toy Story. I mean... We've watched all of the Toy Story movies, and I enjoyed them all, but I thought the third one was its peak. Now, this one, I like. I did enjoy the whole thing. The animation has come such a long way. It's, it's actually breathtaking to look at, don't you think? Gorgeous. There's so much detail and so many things that you don't think of. I mean, sometimes it looks like plastic objects running around. Which Correct. Is, there's nothing real here. It's all... Com- Sorry, children. I'm ruining it for children again. <laughs> It's all in a computer, right? So there's nothing real. There's no set. There's no anything. There's no reference. But it looks like it's a real thing. The, the reflections off everything, the the little bits of dirt, the dust in the air, the whole thing just looks really stunning, I thought. Did you notice that it does like the aspect ratio change? You didn't, did you? Did not. Do I ever. No, this one in the during the really big action sequences, it opens up and there's no letterboxing anymore. So it kind of seems like space is big and giant, you know, but it only does it a few times. Visually and technically, I think it is astounding. Like every moment I was looking at it going, holy crap, how did they get to this level of animation? The way the animation is done, it's almost like on purpose, they didn't do it perfectly. So it looks a bit stop motiony sometimes. Oh, I didn't see that at all. It's not perfectly smooth the way it animates, but that makes it look better, I think. It's but like I mean, a, if I don't see that, is that a thing? I don't know if it's a thing, but I noticed it. Okay. Now, the story itself, I thought it was fairly generic in terms of like what Disney put out. 
It didn't have any big surprises for me. You mean the one big surprise didn't surprise you? Well, the one big surprise was was revealed in Toy Story 2 already. Remember? No. Spoilers for Toy Story 2. <laughs> they did a whole scene with the I am your father. Oh, I don't remember yeah. that. Yeah. So no, that wasn't spoiled for me at all. I was like, oh. For, I mean, it made no sense, but I was like, oh, okay. Right, they kind of just spun it again and did it again. But yeah, they've already done that before. But they did it slightly differently here. Again, I didn't fully understand it either. And then they started talking about time travel. I was like, oh, <laughs> you all just bets have are to off. accept it. Yeah, I just have to accept what happened there. As far as it being an adventure in space, that's what it is with Buzz. I thought the first 20 minutes were my favorite part because it actually got pretty sad. Because Buzz is doing this like mission that he has to get right. And every time he fails, and he's failing it quite often, but he's like the kind of guy who's like, no, I'll keep doing it until I get it right. Every time he fails, some years pass, right, because of the him traveling through space really fast. How many years pass each time? I think it varies. They didn't really piece that together. Right. First time, it's like four years. And then as they do the little montage, it just skips ahead randomly. That whole sequence, it got me like really sad because like the people who he's working with are becoming old people, but him, because he's traveling, he's doing the mission, he doesn't age. It's like one week for him or something. I mean, yeah. I don't know how many missions he went on, but yeah. it's like, you know. So it's like a week for him, but the people down here... I are- guess we should tell the story. Okay, they're on a mission. They're on a planet. A bunch of people are like in hypersleep or whatever we're going to call it. They're frozen asleep in the- on the ship except for him and his captain lady or whatever she is. I forget. Admiral... Well, there's like a creature coming up out of the this strange planet that kind of grabs the ship. He tries to take off. He bangs the ship. It damages the ship. And then the ship cannot take off. And all these people now get, I mean, in a split second, we see they're all awake now. There's hundreds of people who were frozen like an alien. You know how it goes. Hypersleep and all yeah. that. Now they're all awake. And then they're stuck on this planet because Buzz thinks... Because he couldn't clear that mountain and he busted the ship, blah, blah, blah. Then they develop very quickly, very cleverly, (laughs) this group of people. Well, they're all smart scientists. (laughs) Yes, a way to build a ship and then test out this new fuel that they're making in order to make their original ship be able to leave and go home. So then he has to test it. When he tests it, it flings him out in space into what hyperspace or different science fiction things call it different things. He flings around what looks like a sun or a star and then comes back to the planet. Every time he does this, he's actually gone through just a few minutes of time, like four minutes. But the time on this planet has moved forward. It actually took him years to do this trip. That's where we're at with him going and doing it multiple times. Every time he goes on this trip, it's four minutes for him. Countless years because his friend goes through her whole entire life. Yeah. And then there's an older old lady who's dying of old age, apparently. And so that's what we're talking about. So then Buzz is the only one who's not going through this hyper time thing. So that whole setup there, I found really sad. And it, I did too. I cried. It felt a little bit like the opening to Up, which is one of the saddest things ever. Yes. And I thought that lady character might be referenced to Up because she kind of looked like those. Yeah, you're kind of right. Yeah. But so I got that vibe of Up. And it's like going through this whole person's life and Buzz, you know, has to leave them behind. And it was just sad. And then 
once that moment ends, then it goes into the adventure proper, which is pretty, like I said to you, ordinary is not the word because it is kind of fun, right? And adventurous. Mm -hmm. There was not really any big surprises for me along the way. Even the surprise surprise, which you mentioned, wasn't really a surprise because I felt like I'd seen it before in a different way. I did enjoy moment to moment. There's a lot of action, right? It uh, doesn't really slow down. There's some very funny lines, funny characters, mm-hmm. new characters that you've never seen before. I really, really like the cat. <laughs> what would you call it? It's like a mechanical cat. Mechanical cat AI powered. Like Data from Star Trek. Yeah, and it's there to help him and make sure he's okay. And Or C-3PO or R2-D2. Yes. He's that. All yeah. combined in a cat. He's very fun. Has some surprising features that you're like, what the hell? My favorite thing was when he's like, I can do noises while you while you go asleep. <laughs> and then the cat sat there with its mouth open, making this weird noise. I'm like, wow, that is terrifying. Like, I, I couldn't sleep with that next to me. But it's got features to help him out. And it comes in handy throughout the whole adventure. Especially it has like a tranquilizer dart <laughs> yeah. that fires out of its mouth just in case. Buzz is in trouble and it needs, it needs help. I love the characters. I thought they were all funny. Taika Waititi, his character was very funny. I didn't like his character at all. I just thought it was really dumb. Well, I thought, was... What a disappointment to have your character be like the dumb guy. I mean, he wasn't exactly, he wasn't. It wasn't anything. It was just a dumb, like how we used to do with the British character he... in like the mummy, right? He just had some funny idiot. lines though. Yeah, but he wasn't funny. It was like really, I was like, oh, this character, like he's. Fumbling, bumbling, apologizing constantly, like kind of, ugh. I I wasn't a fan of that character. I just liked how it, it's not a surprise. They fail, they fail, they fail, and then spoilers towards at the end, it's happy ever after, kind of, right? Mm, But I mean, they're still, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) The team gets its shit together, does the thing, and it's all good. And that's where I found it unsurprising. I expected there to be something either majorly sad towards the end that might make you cry because often they do, don't they, these movies? But I think they did that near the beginning. Or I felt like it might tie into Toy Story somehow more, like it zooms out of the screen and Andy's watching it at the end. Mm. But they didn't do anything like that. They just went straight up like, this is the movie that Andy watched. It's not connected like that. Well, it is because Andy watched it. Yeah. Yeah, I expected something which I didn't get, but then it didn't make me mad because I enjoyed the adventure along the way. It's really fun. Very good. So what about you? That was really fun. You said you loved it at the end, but that wasn't much detail. See all the detail I gave you? (laughs) (laughs) I commented along the way of your very long, detailed description. First, establish science fiction. I'm in. If it's, (laughs) it doesn't matter if it's like, Science fiction from 1859 that someone's writing and it's set in the past and there's some crazy machines. Or it's science fiction that's so dumb that you can't even hardly handle the future like Jason in space, right? I don't care. Right. Science fiction. Tick that box. I also love the sentiment of the Toy Story movies, knowing that they're going to throw at you something like like the passage of time and you can't get it back. That was kind of the theme here was that Are we going to spoil it and say who the bad guy was? Well, I think I already said it. Maybe. Okay, Buzz is his own bad guy, and I don't understand. They didn't explain why there's two Buzzes. They didn't explain any sort of weird 
multiple dimensions or galic universes or anything like that. But all of a sudden, there's two buzzes. Old version. One's old, one's now. And the idea is that Buzz is so stubborn and that he can't see that he needs people to help in life, which is one of those ideas that I struggle with. But And then at some point, we can erase everything that's happened. We can erase all the people who were born on the planet or whatever the planet. I don't even know what the reality of this outcome would be. But all he wants to do is go back in time and just so like it never happened. Like he never made the mistake, right? So sort of this revelation that you can't do that in life. Right. Time is always marching forward. Time doesn't give a shit about you or your life or your memories or how old you are or how old you are when you die or how much fun you have or your relationships. It just keeps moving forward. And you need to appreciate in the moment you know, the special people or moments. I mean, it sounds really saccharine, but it's the same as Toy Story, like capturing your childhood with your toys and passing your toys on to someone when your life, you know, Andy's growing up in Toy Story 3 and he's moving on. And it's very, it's very, it's like heart wrenching. You know, you're like, no, stop the clock. Right. So we all have internally this thing of like wanting to deny that time is just, it's not our enemy, but it is, (laughs) never changing. You cannot undo what time will do to your life and what changes can happen and all that stuff. I enjoy that, this approach to that, like coming to that conclusion that Buzz is like, okay, well, I've missed a hundred years of time, but not really a hundred years of my life because now I've met new people. I understand they have value and they're important and their life is important. And I don't want to like use my own stubbornness like he's so fixed on the mission of getting everyone back to earth, basically. But then he kind of lets go of that and accepts what time has done, you know, in his life. Yeah. So that I really like. Yeah, because it does fit into the theme of the other movies. Yes. And I do agree somewhat that I was like, mm, it's just Buzz. Because if you had explained it to me, even in one line of bullshit science fiction mumbo jumbo, I would have been fine with it. I'm all over the timey-wimey, crookedy time stuff, you know, like I'm into Star Trek and Doctor Who, and I can accept anything as long as you give me like one line of dialogue (laughs) other than when Buzz Lightyear, the old Buzz Lightyear is saying to the young Buzz Lightyear, well, this one time when, when I came back, I took off into space and found this thing, but you then didn't. If you explain it that way, aren't there hundreds of Buzz Lightyears flying around? Good point. Because, was, but we have no origin of like <laughs> that there's some anomaly on the planet. See, I'm making stuff up for them. Like there's there could be an anomaly. There could be like a split in time space. And this planet is just in a weird pl- anything like that. But we don't have any. It's just like, oh, I happen to exist and you exist. And yeah, that kind of threw me off a little bit. I'm like, OK, I'm rolling with the punches here. I'm just going to ride along. I'm tubing down the river of Buzz Lightyear and see where it takes me. So I still enjoyed it. And then I was like, well, maybe he's not really him. Maybe it's like a ploy by some alien creature or by someone from Earth who's like, for some reason, wanted to trap these people on this planet because they had there was some um, resource that was there. But then, you know, that would have been boring, too. Right. Because that would have been like Avatar or like in the or alien where the company or the corporation now is trying to exploit space trap, whatever. So any anything would have been like, mm, not super surprising, I think. So it's just really a straight up adventure. 
tries to throw in a twist, but I don't feel like that. Teaches you about friendship and the importance of everybody's lives and stories. And I think that's fine. That's a fine message. It is. So let's get on the cast. Buzz Lightyear, played by Chris Evans in this movie. Obviously played by him because this is the movie about Buzz, not real Buzz. Or is it real Buzz? (laughs) Real Buzz. (laughs) You know what I really liked about Chris Evans' delivery of it? He wasn't doing like an impersonation of Tim Allen. but No, no. But it was heroic and felt right to me. Like I think he really did a good job of it. I I wasn't thinking about Captain America when Buzz was talking. I forgot all about Captain America, so it didn't even register with me. Izzy Hawthorne is played by Kiki Palmer. She was excellent. I really liked one of her little plot threads where she was afraid of space. Yeah. So she had a plot thread where she had to overcome that in this difficult situation and float through space for a minute or so. Thought that was really cool. And I really liked her. Who else we got? We got Peter Zorn as Socks, the cat. Cat was fun. (laughs) Dale Souls as Darby. That's the older lady who mm-hmm. goes along with Taika Waititi. They are like the side kind of goofy Yeah, it character. was really a waste of opportunity to me. Like they were just, oh, it was unfortunate. Yeah. And Taika Waititi plays Mo, And then James Brolin, um, that'll be the father of Thanos, plays <laughs> Zerg. Uh, I think you should say that Thanos <laughs> is the son of Zerg. Yes, Exactly. <laughs> All, I think everybody did a good job. You know, it's voice acting, remember? Yeah. Nobody stood out as, oh, God, they're terrible. No, nobody was even, nothing at all. It was very emotive and... Directed by Angus McLean. He, he directed Finding Dory and a bunch of other Pixar shorts. And I've, I think it was a really well-directed thing. I don't. It might be the best animation I've seen from Pixar, and I've seen most of it. You know, just in terms of the technical animation. I feel like it's flawless. Every single thing I was looking at, I was like, I wouldn't do that any differently. It's all pristine looking. I was thinking, take this technology for how good you've made it look and make like a sort of, not kid movie, because that's not necessarily what it is, but just make it. Like a movie. Full, yeah, like a full-on adult, not adult movie. <laughs> not like pornography. That would be awkward. <laughs> <laughs> but like just a full-on action movie, but with Pixar-created characters and a world. And, you know, because you can do anything. You so mean like like, like a more serious thing? Like yeah. A, yeah. Yeah? Like the Animatrix or something. Yeah. Oh, Animatrix was good. Yeah. Yeah. I, I see what you're saying because, yeah, we tend to use this kind of technology for kid movies always right so yeah i would like to see something more oh disney but there again disney they could do a marvel or like a marvel thing in this i guess we did have marvel animation yeah that's true never Um, mind never mind never mind my genius i forget it forget about it so imdb reviews what are those Mm, there's a website called i m db.com the internet movie database and you like to go on there and find the one star reviews which means people have taken the time of their life the time of their life as time marches forward plowing right over them and they can never undo that they have taken moments to open their phone or their website somehow and write a few words about how much they despise a movie it is hilarious and it is 
useless except for us to use in this little section. So these are the one out of ten people. <laughs> First person says, save your money and go and watch another movie. I of wish course. they'd stopped with Toy Story movies. The movie is not necessary and terrible, and it's a bit late for it anyway. Even the story and voice acting were bad. I mean, that's not accurate, but okay. This guy says, This movie is all over the place, very scattered and disorganized. The story is uninteresting and bland. The characters aren't very memorable or well-developed. I don't recommend this film, and my kids all fell asleep. Mm. I, don't know, yeah, I don't know if your children falling asleep is a measure of anything. No. And finally... Absolute rubbish. I absolutely love Disney, especially Pixar, but what an absolute letdown of a film. I fell asleep halfway through. That's a sure sign that it's bad. As a party of 15 who went, three of my children begged me to leave. They were just two positive reviews from the children. This guy has 15 children. No wonder he's, um, <laughs> you know, down on stuff. <laughs> Seriously, Disney, you tried way too hard with this one. Stick to what you know and keep up the usual good work. You mean stick to what they know, like Toy Story? <laughs> and stuff like that? I don't know what he's talking about. With his 15 children? Come on. <laughs> extras? There are a bunch of extras with this. Um, we watched the digital version. The Blu-ray is not out until September. But on the digital version, there's like deleted scenes, which are storyboarded. There's a director's commentary and there's a making of movie so there is a lot of stuff for you to watch sit talk yeah let's give this movie a score okay i'm gonna give Lightyear. i'm gonna give it a six out of ten. Oh, that's awful low but hey well it's your brain no i would put if i did the points you know the point something i'd give it 6.5 but i don't so i'll give it six <laughs> percentages matter yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's very high quality. I'm giving it like an eight for what yeah. it is because I was entertained. I love being emotional about things, even if it makes me mad, but this didn't make me mad. That just made me think. And I thought it was gorgeous. And if my expectation is that they're going to have some sort of like crazy twist, I mean, that's my own problem, right? That's not their, yeah. that's not their goal to have to fulfill is what I expect. So I just feel like it was a great movie experience. All right, I'm going to up it to a seven then. I talked you out of it. <laughs> That's a bit rude, isn't it, giving it a six? Yeah, so I give it a seven. I'm saying. So thank you to Disney and Pixar for letting us review this movie. Next week, we're going to look at the movie Resurrection, starring Tim Roth. Do you know Tim Roth? Are we talking about, isn't one of your Raccoon City movies called Resurrection? Is uh, that just my imagination? Uh, imagination, probably. Okay. It's not a zombie movie. <laughs> oh, well, then I'm out. <laughs> I'm going to have the same enthusiasm I had today, like, oh. Yeah. <laughs> and then it could be the best movie it, ever. It could. I'm, yeah. All right, movie recommendations. I'm going to go off the tip of Lightyear. I'm going to give you uh, an underrated Pixar movie called Brave. Do you remember that one? Yes. Very nice. Yeah, I really I like mean, it. It's a little weird, but it's nice. Yeah, you don't hear a lot of people talk about that one, so I think people should go back and revisit. And talking to Chris Evans, I'm going to give you Avengers Endgame. Oh my. You know? Yeah? Awesome. Because I'm going back to the 90s and I don't remember what year I'm in. 95-ish, looks like maybe. You can look it up if you really care. And my five movies are Clueless. Yeah. Species. Species, I really like that. The Net. No, I don't like that. Sandra Bullock, correct? Yep, yeah, it's awful. Waterworld. <laughs> which I liked at the time. 
So I don't care what anybody says. And babe. Those are some heavy hitters right there. Even if they're not, I'm not talking about high quality. I'm just saying like in the spectrum of 90s movies, those, I remember watching them all, which is a lot. That says a lot. I don't remember watching all of Babe ever. Hmm. I remember seeing the opening more than once because it was on TV a lot. That'll do, Ace Scully. That'll do. Why? Clearly, you haven't watched all of Babe. Why? Because at one point, the farmer says, that'll do, pig. That'll do. Yeah, clearly, I ain't seen it. <laughs> I've just seen a, a talking pig. Is that right? Yeah, that's it. That's the whole, yeah. There's yeah. no message or anything at all. No. <laughs> talking pig, the end. Got it. Hey, Scully stuff. I've been playing some games this week. American Truck Simulator released their latest DLC expansion map. And it's the state of Montana this time. Tell us uh, a fact about Montana, Sid Talk, because you're the expert. The capital is Helena. Okay. I didn't know that. Anything else? What's in Montana? Anything interesting? Lots of land and sky. I believe that's a big sky country up there in Montana. It's uh, It features what, what I know just from driving around this week in the game is it has two national parks in Montana. One's called the Glacier National Park. Do you know that? I've heard of it. And I forget what the other one. Do you think called. I need to know everything about America because I live here? You should, yes. It's a very large country. <laughs> and if you want to test me, then I get to make a test for you about England and the UK and right. the Commonwealth. So you need to know everything about every country in the Commonwealth. Right. Because that's where you're from. You'll fail. <laughs> so American Truck Simulator, I've talked about it many times, but they bring out a, like a couple of maps each year. They're actually going to do the whole of America eventually. It's getting pretty big now, to be fair. There's, I think there's eight, nine states already in there. But Montana, it's quite different from the others. It's pretty flat, I noticed. Is that a truth in, in real life? Yeah. Yeah. But it's like wide open spaces. There's a lot of bigger... I well, do you want me to give you a little geology rundown here? North America. Yes. Glaciers moved from Arctic mm -hmm. down the planet <laughs> from the North Pole. Wasn't the North Pole then. Moving down, down, down around the top of the planet. And then they started to melt. They got to a certain point. And in that time, they're like scraping down. This is how it was described to me in like third grade. So this is how I know it. Third or fourth grade. Could have been Mrs. Fox. I'm not sure. It's scraped down. That's why all of a sudden, around like the Ozarks of Missouri and across the southern part of the landmass of North America, it starts getting hilly and mountainous because the glaciers kind of scraped the top part flatter. So there you go. There's my... Geography lesson, geology lesson for you. So that's where the Glacier National Park Correct. Comes from. <laughs> yes. Now, any of that that's not true, I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I remember being taught. I'm sticking with. So the two national parks that are in Montana are both represented here. You can drive through them. I've noticed on the highways that you're driving on, there's much bigger like truck stop areas, almost like little villages where all the truckers stop. There's big like supermarkets and which I've never seen in the other maps. Mm. So there must be a lot of uh, freight that gets hauled around Montana area, or at least goes through there to take it from one place to the other. There's some new trucks in there that you can buy. You know, it doesn't make major changes to the game, but every three to six months they do release a new map. And 
It's not the kind of map like Montana where you'll just like drive around it in a day and then you'll have seen it all. It'll take you a few weeks to get around it all because it is pretty big. Just remember when I fired it up, I had to like go from one... I was in Las Vegas actually and I had to drive up to Montana and it took me an hour and a half just to get from where I was to Montana so I could even see it. So that's how kind of big the map is. So that's American Truck Simulator, and the DLC is called Montana, and you you can pick that up now. I've also been playing a game on the PlayStation 5 called Arcade Paradise, and Sid Talks watched me play this one quite a bit. What did you think? What do you think of it? Arcade Paradise. What is it? It's my kind of game-ish. I mean, the arcade part I probably wouldn't um, involve myself with, even though that's what the whole point is, but... It's just a laundromat arcade simulator game. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> you have, you are put to work at your father's laundromat because you're sort of a mm, lost post-college student age because you said you'd been to college, right? Dropped out. Dropped out of college. So now you're working at the laundromat because you're you're basically useless and so your father's putting you to work there and then you realize there's like an arcade game in the back and you have to do the laundry, so you have to go pick up laundry and put it in the washer and then put it in the dryer and then pick up some more and pick up the trash and clean out the toilet. You get to buy arcade machines, play the games. There's all the different games. You're actually playing all the games. That's the fun yeah. part for you. Yes. That would be torture for me. But as time goes on, you keep making more money, and then you start making money in the arcade in the back, and then you get to expand, and eventually, I'm assuming, the laundromat part will go away. Yeah, I'm, I'm hoping when I get right to the very end that the whole place is just a giant arcade that's awesome, right? Right. Because at the beginning of the game, you have to really focus on doing laundry. And it might <laughs> seem like a chore, but it's like a simulation of real life. Let's just let's tell them the truth. You actually... I don't mind doing laundry. You don't mind doing laundry. You've got nothing at the beginning. You've got one arcade machine in the back that you find. You open that room up and realize that that arcade machine starts making some money. And then you do a lot of laundry, you buy a new arcade machine, you put two in there. Eventually, I've got it to the point where I've got 10 arcade machines in the back room. I've expanded the back room. And now for me, doing the laundry is, I don't really have to do it because making the money in the arcade is where it's at. I'm making way more back there than I am in the laundry. But some days I just want to do the laundry. It's fun. So it's like a, what is it? A business simulation slash arcade retro arcade game simulator it's not like anything i've ever played and it's got that like it's the thing that hooks into you where you're like i just want to do one more round because i could probably get enough money to get that thing oh they know you so well yeah and it has that loop in it where you're like okay i've got 10 arcade machines also when you put the arcade machines in your arcade if you play the machines and there's like little achievements that you can do in in each game once you do the achievements in the game, then the machine gets more popular. So you kind of like boost the machine up by doing the little things. So it makes you play the games. And then at first you're like, I don't even really think I care about a Pac-Man clone game. But then you start playing it and it's like, well, you know, clear three levels and then you'll earn $25 more every hour. And you're like, oh, I think I'll do that. <laughs> so it's got all those little hooks that make you want to keep playing. Arcade Paradise. I'm playing it on the PlayStation 5, but it's on the PlayStation 4 and on Steam if you uh, want to check it out. Sid, so what's for dinner? Well, you made the final vote, and it will be Mod 
Pizza. And no, we're not sponsored by them. We did have our first little glitch with Mod Pizza. And the reason I'm telling you what we're eating, because we're vegetarians and people think we're starving to death, we are not. Was that our pizza was kind of burned one of the times. And so I just went on the thing and said, because it says, how was your order? And I said, unfortunately, it was burned. They were short-staffed. There was a big handwritten note even on the door that said, sorry, we're short-staffed. Please be patient with us. When I walked in the door, right next to the door was a big tub of dirty dishes. There was only a couple people behind the counter. Lots of people in there ordering food and whatnot. And so, unfortunately, the pizza turned out a little burned. And then, so I put the thing in and they sent me a code to get a free pizza. So... Problem I mean, th- that was cool because when we had a problem with like Jersey Mike's, it was right an absolute like we had to go through so many hoops and they give us like four dollars off our next. Uh, stuff. First thing was the guy had a shitty attitude. <laughs> Let's just be and it wasn't Jersey Mike's fault. This is the guy who worked there had a shitty attitude. So and you never assert things like this. But after that, you said, we're not going there anymore. And I was like, mm, I even put sorry, a review Jersey, on sorry, Google Jersey Maps. Mike's. You did. If you search for Jersey Mike's in Jefferson City, Missouri on Google Maps, <laughs> you'll see my bad review of it with a nice photograph of my oh. disgusting looking sandwich that I got. It was mine. It had like the, in the tomato, it had the, <laughs> we call it the butthole of the tomato. Like you, you slice off the top where the vine was attached to it. It's all crusty and brown. Those were left in the tomato and put on the sandwich, like with intention and I don't even know, we lifted up the lids because, or the the bread, because they just seemed so flimsy and terrible, and there it was. I was it was like, the worst. It was. <laughs> and there's a picture. We sound so snotty, but I mean, seriously. The picture of that horrible sandwich will always be immortalized on Google Maps. It's never going anywhere, so. So there that's what go. we're having for supper. And my advice is, as you were going to ask. What's your advice, Sid Talk? My mother and I had a good conversation this week. She was down here visiting. My mother's 80. She'll be 81 next month. And she is just amazing, actually. And, you know, I get a lot of my personality from both of my parents. I like to say my parents are like Mary Poppins and the Grinch. (laughs) But like, you know, not the kid versions. (laughs) My mom is just always optimist, almost always optimistic, but she doesn't love people. She's a good combination. My dad did not like people and he was not an optimist, pessimist, you know, thinker, thinker. But both of my parents had in them this sort of like do a thing, like get attached to the idea of doing a thing, learn a thing, do a thing, make something. You know, even if it's like whatever it is, like my dad was into tractor pulling for many years. My mom has always been remodeling things and making things and asserting uh, like her, like a desire to learn something. She learned how to play a song on a violin, which I am trying to do now as well. She taught herself how to paint when she was like 60 years old. She, you know, there's always this like do, do, do. People say to me all the time, like, oh, it must be nice to have so much time on your hands because you don't have children. Well, my mom raised four children. And still she had time through my whole life, even when I was a kid, to always be doing things of her own, like all of our stuff, including making our clothes and homemade food and going to every cheerleading practice. She made all the cheerleading outfits. She went to all the ball games. She was into 4-H and brownies, and she was my brownie leader. She did all the stuff, and she also was always doing her own thing remodeling a thing or redesigning a thing or making something and and interested in all kinds of things always. And I think I just feel like I've met some people in my life who do not do that, who don't have a thing. You've got video games and computers and movies. 
I've got like art and my gardening now and photography and probably it'll expand over time to more and more things, right? So that when you think of me as a person, those things kind of come along as a package deal. And that any moment of any time of my day, if I'm in a lull or something is getting me down or I'm bored with whatever's in front of my face, which could be work, you never know. My mind can take me to the possibilities of the things that I'm interested in. What plant will I grow? How are my tomatoes doing? Oh, I'd love to take a picture of this thing. Don't forget to recharge your battery for the camera. And oh, I'm working on this painting for my friend. So what's the next thing I want to do on that? And oh, I want to think more about how to do my finger on the violin string, which I know nothing about. Don't do not let me big this up. I do not. <laughs> I know nothing about playing the violin at all. And yet I'm trying to teach myself and let YouTube teach me. But my mind can go there. It's stimulating and comforting. And it's like you're alive. So I would just, you do all this stuff. And either way, either you do nothing and you're not interested in anything and everything's too hard and you're going to fail at everything and everything's stupid and a waste of money and a waste of time. And then you're going to die. I might do a bunch of stuff and think about the possibilities and expand my mind as much as I can and do all the stuff and it's all a waste of time and waste of money and then I'll die. True. (laughs) Either way, the story is going to end the same way. But in the meantime, I feel like I'm having more fun. Just saying. All right. Well said. Well done. (laughs) So, Sid Talk, let's explain about this podcast. You can catch it. On anchor.fm slash after the show. You can also get it on Spotify. You can get it on Amazon Music. You can get it on all of the places that podcasts are available. You can catch us on social media, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Ascully and Sid Talk. Two separate things. <laughs> you can also go to ascully.com if you just want all the information about the podcast. It's all there. You can email feedback to me, ascully, ascully.com. Don't email Sid Talk. She doesn't want any of your emails. And stay classy, Mr. Buzz Lightyear. I'm sure there are a lot of new fans from this movie. And I'm going to say, think for yourself, because if you're not doing it, someone's probably doing it for you.